You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea and Priya. Welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. My name is Tanea and I am joined by my co-host Priya Richards. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you, mate. You are on location. I am. I am at the best hotel. I'm at the best hotel in the world because it's literally opposite the racetrack. Is it the Alpha? The Alpha, baby. Oh, Oh, I love the Alpha. Living it up. The Alpha is just like a normal hotel for anyone who doesn't know, but it is like gold. Like when you get a room at the Alpha on a race weekend, you're like, whoever books my comp, I love you because it is so... There is no hotel, actually, maybe Ridges at Bathurst, but yeah, look, it's really close to the track I can and it's great. I have never stayed at Ridges, but I've got to say the pub at, um, what do you call it? The Alpha? Really oh, good. Oh, the Oak? I love it. I had a yeah. beautiful chicken snitty last night. How good? Oh, have you had the risotto? Do I look like I'm someone who eats risotto? No, I don't even know why I asked that question, but my vegetarian <laughs> ass loves the risotto. So, well, my meat eating, my meat eating being loves a chicken snitty. Mm. Disgusting. You know that chicken had a family? Yep, and I ate it. Probably ate them as well. Probably. Well. I do eat a lot of chicken. So, we have been trying to get today's guest on for a very long time, but the since three of episode us, one, like four months ago, literally, mm. um, we did. Inter- I did interview her for episode two, which mm, was down in Tassie. Really cool. I was really like nervous, and it was really intimidating. But um, <laughs> she's so cool, though. She was very chill and very easy to deal with. It was awesome. It was really cool. Um, and that was yeah. That was when we were like fresh potting. And we're still fresh potting. I still feel like this is the first time I've ever done this before in my life. Every time I sit yeah, down no, to record. I totally agree. But I'm I remember such a that pod time being like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm interviewing Molly Taylor. What the hell? <laughs> um, so that was really cool. But now we're actually interviewing her. We're, she's here. She's so here. We actually we didn't finally even, got her on. Prior to that, we didn't actually say there was Molly, Ta- Molly Taylor. But as you like to point out, they probably know from the, the social <laughs> graphic and the title of this podcast. They but probably do. I think they may have figured that out by now. I do so, like yeah. to try and keep it a surprise. And then Priya, yeah, sorry ruins, to spoil it. Priya ruins my dreams by realising that we've already told sorry. you because you're probably here from our social media. Exactly. <laughs> Tanea, you're a doofus. Anywho, that is who we're talking to today. Molly Taylor, 2016 Australian Rally Champion, 2021 Extreme E Champion. What can't Ooh. this girl do? She's incredible. Sport presenter. Girls Literally, on track what can't she do? Good oh lord, God. this girl. Goals, right? Um, but no, we had a really good chat with her when our schedules finally lined up and we managed to, to get her for a short period of time. But we had a really good chat. And what do you reckon? I think we should get into it. Welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast, finally. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for your patience too in uh, finally <laughs> teeing up a time that works. So it's nice to, yes, finally be here. We have been trying to make this happen since probably <laughs> episode one, but we all I have. Think so. <laughs> I think we wanted you as our third guest Priya or something. and I <laughs> whinge all the time about our busy schedules. And then Molly's schedule is also super busy. So it was just hard to line up, but here we are. I'm super excited for this app and thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So you've been around, so you've been traveling a fair bit lately. It's a pretty crazy schedule and that's only what we see on your social media. 
Broadcast with Stan Sport, a bit of racing here and there, but we'll talk about that soon. You're very busy. What else has been going on in your world recently? Um, yeah, it's been uh, an interesting time, I think. I mean, last year is just was so, so much travel and, and everything moving so quickly and then um, sort of came into the first part of this year with, uh, the first extreme around in Dakar and all that and so it's nice to have finally spent a bit more time in Australia but doing yeah a lot of traveling domestically with the all the speed series and sport stuff mainly um and yeah you, you guys know what it's like trying to um yeah put programs and things together there's a lot of there's a lot of hustling in the background that's been going on so um yeah which has been yeah all different stuff so um yeah it's sort of I suppose nothing at this point that that I can really talk about but yeah there's a lot of a lot of work going on every day to um to get make uh make the season better than ever so we're going to go way back to where it all started can you tell us a bit about your childhood and growing up watching your mum coral drive and then you taking an interest in the sport yourself how did it all come about uh, yeah, so I, as you said, my my mum uh, has been involved since yeah since I was came around um, before that um, and so yeah, I've grown up. My dad was also competing as a driver, so it's very much been a part of my my upbringing, being around the sport and and watching what what goes on. Uh, but for me, it um, it wasn't until I was a bit older and around fifteen, sixteen, getting my license for the road that uh, my dad was running a rally school at the time and he wanted my sister and, and myself to just have good car control and be competent drivers before we were let loose on the roads. So purely from a, a road safety point of view, he got us to go out to the rally school and do the course. And yeah, for me, that was the first time I actually got to experience driving a rally car on gravel and just fell in love with it. That point was like, I wish I had tried it earlier, but um, yeah, so it was around it, but I didn't really get involved until a bit later. So anyone who listens know that me, a fellow horse chick, when I come across another fellow former horse chick, I always bring it up, but you were, you did compete in equestrian events growing up before doing motorsport. What made you give up real horsepower for the other horsepower? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, maths was a good one because I could upgrade one horsepower to, you know, 100 plus. So that was a good one. Um, but yeah, so I grew up being, I don't know where my interest in horses came from, but ever since I was very young, uh, that's all I wanted to do. Um, sort of through primary and uh, most of high school um, was mad on that. And yeah, I think it just got to a point I, I tried, I tried motorsport. I just, I really fell in love with it. And then I had to, to, to choose what I wanted to do because it was, you know, they're two sports that uh, take a lot to um, to make happen, so it's not possible to do both. And and yeah, I think I just I really saw the opportunity in motorsport, and I loved it. And I sort of didn't know, uh, well, I didn't have a lot of experience in it myself, um, but I could see, you know, if if I if it was something that I could learn and work at, and, and just really loved it. So I thought there was, yeah, there was a good opportunity to pursue that. So uh, Molly Taylor, we can kind of say, what haven't you done? when it comes to this question, <laughs> but you've raced, I'm actually just going to read this off a list because yeah, okay. I'm not good enough to memorize all this stuff that you've done, but you've raced in the Australian Rally Championship, obviously, the British Rally Championship, the European Rally Championship, and the World Rally Rally Championship. Obviously, there's been some incredible opportunity for you. 
Obviously, you've had some incredible opportunities through rally and all that sort of stuff. But what's been your personal favorite? Oh, gosh, that's that's really, really hard to uh, to pin down. I think there's been so many memories along the way. And um, yeah, it's been a, an incredible roller coaster ride. I think uh, competing in the junior WRC was certainly you know, one of the one of the biggest highlights. And um, when we in uh, I think it was 2013 got a, a podium in the junior championship uh, in Rally Finland was I think that's probably I mean, yes, winning the Australian championship in extreme are definitely all time career highs, but I would rate that one right up right up there as well. Um, that was a pretty special moment. And in some more recent times, you've competed and won in Extreme E, claiming the title last year with Nico Rosberg's team. What is it like to drive an all-electric rally car? Um, yeah, to drive an EV is a lot of fun. I think there, you know, I, I suppose initially there's uh, been a bit of um, uncertainty about them, I suppose, but I think what we've been able to show and what all of the electric motorsports are able to show is is how cool they are as a as a performance car as well and and the you know all the instant acceleration that you have with the electric engine and um they're they're heaps of fun to drive so it's a different challenge completely but i would say that's more so because of the the size of the cars and the terrains that we drive on and the driving format the the electric side um you know you can adapt to pretty quickly I remember seeing a video of one and like, I just kept trying to turn my volume up. There was no noise. <laughs> I was like, it was why weird. work? Yeah. When I remember my, um, I mean, we did a little bit of testing in the cars, but then I remember my first like competitive lap in Saudi Arabia last year. And it was, it was a crazy experience because it was, you know, it was our very first time against the clock and, you know, the whole thing was so new. And, and so I was pretty, I was pretty nervous and I, uh, had a power steering drama in our free practice run. So I hadn't even done like a practice, full practice lap <laughs> or anything. Um, and, and yeah, so I was super nervous. And then I remember hopping in the car and, and as soon as I took off, I, we were in the desert and it was just this like serene experience because it wasn't super noisy. It was almost, you know, more hectic outside and then hopped in the car and it was this like kind of in a weird way, a bit calming, <laughs> um, but yeah, you just, you get used to the, you know, in a normal car, you're listening to the revs, you've got, you're hearing the gearbox in, and you've got all these cues that you also, is part of your driving experience. And with the electric car, that just becomes different. So you're still, you know, you hear more of the outside noises and, and the, um, like sand or rocks or whatever that's been thrown up and you hear, you hear different, different noises, I suppose. So it's just like recalibrating to then what cues you take. What is the the cue I suppose you use to change gears? Like in a normal kind of you know petrol fuel car, it's and you hear it and you hit it. What do you do? What's in a, that was a horrible horrible we, explanation. But what is it like in, a, in an electric car? Just like that's what I think it sounds like. It's well, it's really simple. Uh, it's just like a PlayStation. It's just like a throttle and a brake, no gears or anything. So it's just like go and stop. Um, I could so drive a lot. one of those. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot less to do from that perspective. Obviously, when you get to the physical driving part, you know, it's still you still got to drive it. But yeah, there's a lot a lot less going on from that side. You just yeah, just yeah, flat out no no friction <laughs> points to take off. Well, you just 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 send out. it full send <laughs> exactly. And what was exactly. it like to win a championship like that 
on the world stage. Yeah, crazy. Uh, absolutely crazy. I mean, it's it's your goal going into a, a series and a competition wanting to win, but it was new for everybody. And so no one really knew what to expect coming into that first round. And the, the names and the caliber of the other teams is crazy as well. So the competition is, yeah, super, super high. Um, and the the events are so short and sharp that yeah it's really um you know any literally anything can happen and and does and happen in, in those events so yeah to um to have like a world title I don't think that yeah that still doesn't feel quite surreal but then also having the opportunity like to drive with with Johan was he's just he's just an insane driver and I'm sure you know like you guys any anyone that's watched him drive it's just you know, when he needs to go to another level, he can pull something out of somewhere that, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just un- unreal to watch. So so we had you on the pod very briefly in an early episode where we spoke to you at Simmons Plains. You're in the process of getting some things sorted with Jensen Button's team. I assume you can't tell us anything, but we're going to go fishing anyways. <laughs> where, where are you at? What's going on? Let me just Surely. throw my reel in and we'll just... <laughs> see if we get any bites or good yeah good good journalistic uh skills there <laughs> um yeah so we did the first round um yeah incredible group of people um and yeah we're, we're working on what the rest of the year looks like but yeah that's that's probably where we're at um we've had a bit of delay in the the season so um yeah we'll we'll see we'll see where that ends up it was worth a shot you could have just spilled your entire 2022 plans for us and then <laughs> we, we would have been like we sitting on a gold mine <laughs> oh yeah it's, i mean that's the yeah you want to you want to talk about everything with you know there's so much that goes into to making all these things happen that it's um yeah it's not always um clear cut to sort of just just talk all the time about it so yeah hopefully we'll have some some good news soon so your mum is also an Australian rally champion and you've also raced with her as well. What was that experience like? Uh, yeah, probably depends if you're asking me or her. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible to be able to do something like that with your mum. I think that's very, very special. And and there's really not, not many people that would be able to have that opportunity. So I'm very lucky to be able to experience that moment with her. And, and when we're in the car together, it's very much, you know, driver, co-driver um, relationship when you're in the stages. Um, I did yell at her a few times when I thought she was changing a tire too slowly <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but no, I think it was really special. I mean, ultimately, um, you know, we're at completely different stages in our career. So from a long-term perspective, you know, it wasn't going to be something we're going to do for forever, but it was great to have that experience and, and, you know, to compete some of the events we did were some junior world championship events. So to be able to compete in a WRC event with your mum was uh, yeah, a pretty special moment. Yeah, that's so cool. And your dad was also a rally driver at a pretty high level. In your early days, who was the bigger influence, mum or dad? That's a great question. Um, I don't think it was necessarily one or the other uh, because, I mean, on one hand, mum was the one competing professionally and that was her job uh, and dad did it more more as a hobby um, but then didn't do a lot of it uh, in many, many times when we were sort of young kids because he would be, you know, staying at home to look after us while mum was away competing. So I think having – it's definitely like an influence on both sides watching – uh, yeah, how they supported each other, how they both supported us. And from the driving side, having dad to speak to and from the 
the sort of, the, I mean, I'm not co-driving, but, you know, from learning that side of it and learning how a professional team works and she was also managing the team as well. So she was involved in every facet of the team. So, so much learning from that. So it's, yeah, I, I don't think I could attribute more or less to, to either of them. So it's, I'm very lucky. Let's go back to 2016 where you won the Australian Rally Championship and you are the only female to have won it as well as being the youngest person to win it, regardless of gender. That's, it's a huge achievement. How was that year for you? Yeah, well, it was, it was a crazy year. Um, I, I think, I mean, firstly, it was my first year uh, doing it professionally up until that time, you know, it's always been wrangling sponsors and trying to get opportunities. And, and then when Subaru came back in to, to have it as your actual job, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty surreal because I mean, you always have pressure to perform, but when it's your own, your own gig, you know, you sort of have to answer to yourself and, and you, you're trying to work together with your partners and sponsors and, but it's, it's, it's a bit more all rest, the responsibility kind of rests on you and if you don't do well you you mostly let yourself down um whereas this was now doing it for a professional team and they had you know a great group of people that were all there doing their jobs and my job was to do the stuff in the car not all the other stuff as well and um so there was it was a different type of pressure um but yeah it was amazing it was what i'd always dreamed to be able to do it professionally so from that perspective it was just an incredible year and then we didn't um, we were running like in a different category essentially to what um, spec you could run the car. So it was always just, you know, if we could be top five and and show what the car can do in a pretty standard trim, that was the target. Um, so, yeah, I think it was it was a lesson in, in not getting ahead of yourself and looking at each event and trying to be consistent, um, not spectacular, <laughs> but just consistent. And, and, you know, that's where it ended up. So, um, yeah, that was... A very very special feeling I think um like for me at the time to be the youngest was was a bigger deal personally um but I think what I didn't really appreciate at the time that I can look back now is is being the first female to do that the the exposure that it gave to other young girls and the influence because I always had mum as that influence for me so I was very lucky that I didn't really realize I had it um so I think that that's been really special and I mean since then Harry Bates has won the championship uh like three or four years four years younger I think than when I did it so he's smashed my record (laughs) okay so because Priya talked about horses it means I'm allowed to talk about motorbikes now you have not really anything to do with (laughs) motorbikes but no I'm useless Dakar rally is where I'm going with this question and Dakar to us (laughs) motocross peeps is like the pinnacle the most insane possibly stupid thing you can do on a motorbike (laughs) Um, it's ridiculous, but you did it on four wheels. Also insane, stupid and ridiculous, but you've done it. (laughs) I mean, insane, stupid and ridiculous, but also sick, like cool, but good Lord. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) tell us about what it's like to do, to one, do an event that, yep. If you, any, if you know anything about Dakar rally, it's pretty much like what, 18 days of just ridiculous driving through every possible crazy scenario you could ever find pretty yourself much. in. <laughs> That's pretty much the best way to explain it. What's it yeah, like? But yeah. it's also it's also the world stage. Like it is the bee's knees of pretty much anything you can do with once a year. And it's massive. It's massive. So what's it like to 
compete in an event like that on such a big stage, which was your first time just this year gone in January? Yeah, so it was incredible. I mean, I've watched Dakar every year and, and just in awe of the event and the competitors. And as you say, particularly the guys on the bikes because they're just yeah a, another level altogether. I'm useless on a bike. Um, but yeah, to, to it was always something that I thought, you know, one day, like when I retire, I want to try and do the Dakar rally or something like that. So to have the opportunity with KM and South Racing um, to do it this year was kind of like a baptism of fire. Well, it was completely a baptism of fire, um, but it was such an insane opportunity and uh, such a fantastic, I mean, horrible at times experience, but um, just just an unreal as, as the whole kind of two-week adventure. Uh, yeah, just just something that I will remember. And uh, I think it definitely, it, it's a different style of racing completely, but it's something that you can see how people get really addicted to it because it's it's that sort of thing. You just always want to go back and try again and do more and that satisfaction of just getting to the finish, but then, you know, looking at what you can do better or differently the next time. It's, yeah, I definitely want to be back for more. So steering away from the dirt a bit, we're going to talk about circuit racing, which is a bit more my speed. Um, <laughs> you dabbled in some TCR a few years ago. Do you see yourself doing any more circuit racing? Uh, yeah, the opportunity again came up. Uh, Super had a couple of TCR cars and uh, Kelly Racing was was running them and um, had the opportunity to do a few events. Uh, it was a bit of a, <laughs> well, it was an interesting year. I don't, I'm not sure we, I think, yeah, I think we... Uh, had issues like every single race <laughs> so I don't know if we had a clean race um but it was yeah it was it is awesome experience um and I think it's you know a bit like I suppose Dakar's a bit closer to rallying but it's you know it's like completely different disciplines within within the sport so there's so much to learn on the tarmac side and a completely different style of driving uh to to what I am used to but I think it, you know, doing all these different things certainly helps and makes you become a, a better, well-rounded driver. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's it's off it's off limits at all. Um, I had a heap a heap of fun, but I think it's something that you know, if you want to do those things well, you have to really commit. You know, it's much more than just going and doing a couple of events and having you know a good level of car control and driving ability. Like the the level that. Um, that TCR field and all those all the categories really here are at is is amazing and it's yeah I don't underestimate the skill and the you know the amount of time that it takes that those guys all put into their craft so yeah it would have to be something that I would really have to make a conscious decision of choosing something or something I think. So outside of the racing world and, and cars and all that sort of stuff your Instagram is got a lot of you doing a lot like fitness healthy lifestyle kind of things <laughs> like that and st- and staying on top and staying fit I, I suppose to be in the car you did SAS which is also on the equivalent of Dakar like what yeah <laughs> I think that's like Dakar times 10 or more oh good lord that yeah. I watch that show and sometimes <laughs> I have to close my eyes like I'm like why would you yeah, oh I, I did too <laughs> I sit there with like like playing peekaboo with myself like don't look yeah. look, don't look kind of thing and that's just me sitting on the tv like chewing on like a chocolate yeah. bar or something watching you crazy people go at yeah, it it was insane what's your current fit- fitness regimen look like really what's your day today that you get up to I mean <laughs> currently currently like it's in this week I've done my back so it's nothing <laughs> at all which is 
like torture uh, is, is very frustrating, um, but hopefully that's just a short term uh, tweak that we'll get on top of. But uh, no, generally, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's obviously important for the sport. And I mean, motorsport, one of the hardest things about motorsport is the fact you can't just go and practice every afternoon and it's so hard to get seat time and put everything together. So there's a lot of time where you, yeah, you're not able to do that. So for me, it's a way of feeling like every day I'm doing something that's going to help the drive. So a lot of, I mean, it's a lot obviously physical, but I think it's, it's just as much for the, the mental side and the mental preparation and being able to focus and, and that sort of thing. So, and, and I just enjoy it. So um, I guess it will be a combination of doing a lot of stuff in the gym and having that, uh, baseline of strength which probably like there's there's no um like there's there's no reason why you know men and women can do exactly the same things in the car and we've been able to show that but we probably do need to work a little bit harder to get you know the base level of strength um so I probably like I make sure that I focus on that particularly for things like Dakar when it's like 35 degrees and you've got to jump out and you know change a tire or change a drive shaft or something you need to have a good good base level of strength um, and then the, the endurance side as well. So trying to mix up yeah, strength training with um, interval training and running and a baseline of cardio endurance as well. And you work with our friend Lee from Reaction Performance. <laughs> I do. Uh, Lee helped me out a lot actually when I was overseas last year and just, um, yeah, with different programming things and different ideas and kind of just as a base to ask stuff. It was very kind of informal and casual and then and then this year we've started to work together more regularly so um I mean I think it's just generally like another passion of mine I get really nerdy about it and (laughs) I'm probably really annoying to him as well because I want to discuss and debate everything as well (laughs) I'm not like a good client that just you know I'll do what he says but then I'll be like why and can I do this and so it's been yeah it's been very challenging at the moment um trying not to do stuff um, so he knows he's been sending me like really minor things I can do because he knows that if it's absolutely nothing, I'll be a really angry person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been great to work with someone. He's, you know, again, trying to get that, that support and, and to me, make sure that I feel like I'm, I'm still preparing, even if I can't get in a car. I think in this day and age and the way motorsport is now, I think anyone who has a career in motorsport, um, is obviously very lucky, but if let's say tomorrow you could no longer do motorsport for whatever reason, are there any other career aspirations that you'd pursue if if that were to happen? I heard she's a pretty good TV oh, presenter. <laughs> she's well, all right. Yeah, I've got to work on that one. I really enjoy it, actually. I, I'm surprised myself with how much I enjoy that side of things. And I think it is, I mean, it's not the same buzz you get driving a car, but definitely like live TV, there is that that kind of, adrenaline like sense of danger don't say the wrong thing it's live um that you know I, I find that quite quite enjoyable um but yeah I've always loved I mean I've worked when I lived in the UK I worked with M Sport which run the Ford World Rally team and um you know I love all the things that go into it I mean I, w- I would love to have a team one day or do something like that um but yeah that's that's not so easy in rallying <laughs> but you know something like that I think would be uh, would be something I'd really enjoy. So last year during, you know, COVID times and all that sort of stuff, the host of our Big Bro podcast parked up, Grant Rowley, wrote some kids' books. 
about famous Australian race car drivers called Little Heroes. You can buy them at networkcar.com.au. I was told to say that. <laughs> and you were one of the five. Grant's just in the background, isn't he? He's over there. He's holding up Network a list, list of, like, say this. <laughs> yeah, I can see it happening. And you were one of the five uh, kind of subjects of those books. Uh, Molly T was the book. How kind of crazy is it to have a book written about written about you like I've seen photos of young girls dressed up in race suits going as Molly T to like their their book <laughs> dress ups like that must be oh no insane. way that's amazing yeah that's that's really cool I want to see those pictures um yeah I yeah it was something I was definitely not expecting when Grant called me and told me about his idea and yeah I think I mean especially when you look at the other drivers that have the books as well. I definitely feel. I think you. I think very, you know one of them. Priya. Very humbled. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Richards was one of the five. Yeah, I mean they're incredible book series, and so to be, yeah, to be associated with those other books, I think is yeah definitely something that uh, I feel like I still need to earn that that place. But yeah, I think it's really cool, and I mean it's something we spoke about, and and I've seen I've spoken to a few people about it as well. You know, if you go into bookstores and things like that it's there's not a lot of those more mechanically minded books with a, a female protagonist so I think yeah it's something that I'm, I'm much more aware of now being a bit older uh the influence that I had of seeing a female role model uh, and how that affected me and my career and I know that it wouldn't you know without that none of this would have happened so I think you can kind of appreciate how important that is, and some of the girls that I've met um, and heard their stories, you just yeah really reinforces, you know how important those those sort of things at a young age are, not just for motorsport, but for you know everything in general to kind of open the doors to anything and everything. And it's kind of a bit of a re- reoccurring theme on this pod that to be it, you first have to see it. You know, you first have to see it being done for you to be able to believe that you can do it. Totally, and I think that's. Um, that's exactly what all this is is about. It. I mean, it's not even that people get told they can't do it. It's just the the amount of assumptions that we make as young kids is yeah is is unreal. So uh, my sister, I'm actually at my sister's place now, and she's got a um, she's almost two, and you just see the how influenced they are by what they see is um, you know which we're obviously using to our advantage. So Subarus are his favorite car. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's incredible the, the influence you can have, um, and how important it is to be able to, to help open up as many doors of opportunity and, and hope and, you know, inspiration that you can. And speaking of female role models, you obviously had your mum growing up. So I think in some ways, did that change your perspective where maybe you haven't seen that difference between men and women being able to race did you ever feel a certain kind of pressure because of that, because there were more men over women in the sport? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I think, yes, my mum being that influence, it showed me that it's possible. So you have that kind of confidence that you know that, you know, if you can do the job, you can earn your place there. And definitely that, you know, that, that baseline of you still have to do the work and earn your place and, and be there, but it is is possible. But for sure, um, particularly, you know, early on, you're you're aware that everybody's watching what you do because everyone wants to see 
how the girl goes. <laughs> um, so, you know, definitely, I suppose there's a bit of added pressure, but then I think when you look at motorsport in general, it, it, there's always a huge amount of pressure and whether it's because of that or another reason, you know, that's always going to be something that's, that comes with the sport. Um, it just might be a bit different for different people. So yeah, I think it's something you just, you have to just get on with it. And then I think, you know, for me, like doing the ARC and when, you know, if we're all out there and doing similar stage times, then, you know, you don't really need to discuss it anymore because that's, that's what it is. And you all just get on with it. Yeah. The get, the goal of sort of all of this female promotion, all that sort of stuff is just bring us up to an equal playing field to make sure that there's equal representation. It's not like we we're saying, Hey, girls are better. Girls are this, girls are that. We just want to be seen on the same playing field in everything we do. Yeah, exactly right. And I think we're so, you know, we've got so many, um, you know, amazing other females in our sport in different uh, industries and with the girls on track showing all the different disciplines. And, you know, we've got some amazing, like uh, Romy from Triple Eight, like incredible engineer and, and all these girls that are, are very well respected for the work that they do. And so I think it's it's about trying to show that so that young girls, if they see that that's an opportunity for them, so at that young age, they can take steps towards that career path, whether it's the subjects they pick in school or any extra training they do, but just to know that it's an option. And then, you know, after that, the hard work still has to be done. And actually speaking on girl, speaking about girls on track, you're involved and as are lots of our other guests, it must be really rewarding to be able to inspire the next generation and show them that it's possible. Whatever they think they see or whatever they see and want to be, it's totally possible. What's it been like to be involved with the Girls on Track program and like how much of a positive benefit do you think the program is having? I guess, we'll, I mean, I guess we'll find out in a couple of years time, but yeah, how do you see it from your perspective? Yeah, as you say, we'll see, we'll see in a few years time, we're seeing these girls and even now we've, we've been running the program, I mean, not for a huge amount of time, but enough to kind of, we're seeing some of, some of that progress happening already, which is amazing. But yeah, it's very, very special to see you know, really young school girls who didn't know anything about motorsport just to be exposed to how cool it is and that sticking in their minds now for the future. And then at the Grand Prix, we had an event with some older girls and just to see the level of research and work they've already done and how accomplished they are and the questions they were asking, like it was really, it, it was really amazing. And I think growing that network, um, yeah, it's, it's very special to see. And I mean, also for me, just to be around the other ambassadors and the champions and the other girls that are involved in the program. Um, I've made heaps of friends <laughs> out of it as well and been able to really get to know a lot of the other girls that, you know, may end up having a lot more guys that are just generally your friends because that's the circles you're in. So I think it's, it's been really cool from, from both ends, but ultimately to see, um, yeah, see, see the other girls feel uh, supported in going after what they want is amazing. And do you think we're hitting all the right markers with making the sport more welcoming for for women or, or young girls especially? Do you think anything needs to change? I mean, we're definitely we've made so much progress, and I think we've still we've still got a long way to go. It's not an overnight thing, and and you know, as as you guys pointed out, it, it's you know something we'll realize more in the future because we're trying to, you know start developing these careers which are you know going to take take time and um yeah I, I think there's there's always more there's always more we can do but 
I think taking those steps in the right direction and celebrating and supporting and investing in in really good talented females. Um, but I think also, you know, the teams, people are realizing that that's also really good business because there's so many different skills. Having a more diverse team and people in any kind of organization is proven to be ultimately better for those organizations and the race teams are exactly the same. So um, yeah, I think we're seeing a shift a shift in all of that. Um, you know, there's always going to be old cultural norms, I guess, that take longer to, to, to change. But, you know, I think that's, that's like a lot of industries, but we're definitely making progress in, in the right direction. And just even in, since we started this podcast, the amount of more women, you know, the, just that I see that I notice because I'm like actively looking now with the kind of focus on this is changing. You know, you actually pay attention once you see it start to change. And just like even prayer in my like Instagram DMs, just women who women and girls that just want to be involved. So on that topic, what is your advice for women who want to get into motorsport in any capacity? Yeah, I mean, firstly, it's something that that might look more daunting from the outside. And you might think that there's, um, you know, it's not welcoming and it's very blokey and it's male dominated. But I think as as you guys will probably attest to as well, once once you're in the motorsport community, you know, it is like a family. It's a whole bunch of people that are really passionate about what they do. So we want more females. The guys want more females to come in as well. So I think, you know, it, it's definitely an amazing environment to get into. So don't be daunted by that, firstly, uh, and amazing communities. And, you know, Girls on Track is definitely one to to sign up to and, and register your interest and get involved in that that community um, and your local car clubs as well is another great place for, for all ages um, and then coming out to, to tracks and even getting involved through the car clubs volunteering or just getting in those circles and and I think yeah I think you'll find an amazing community that that want everyone to yeah get involved and share the passion and just quickly I recently saw on your Instagram about your mad garage What's going on there? That looks like, that is like my dream. But I mean, that mine would be awesome. an office. Mine would be an office with camera equipment and all that sort of stuff. Yours is with cars. What's the plan? Give yeah. us a little bit of insight into what that project is going to be. Yeah, it's a good question. Not quite sure. <laughs> I got a lot of dreams. It's a very, it's very small little space. But yeah, our plan is to, to build our own workshop, which is yeah something that, you know, I've always wanted to have. Um, so this is a great starting point. We've got lots of ideas of projects that we want to work on. So it's kind of going to be like a like an ultimate garage down sort of in the main working area and it's got a little mezzanine. So our plan is to build a bit of a hangout, a bit of an, an office and well, office. I don't know how much work's going to go on there, but, um, you know, something on the weekends, you can watch some car racing, work on a car. I've got great plans of building a rock climbing wall up the side and I'm adamant I'm going to make that happen. So... I'm probably just going to muck around and not do much work in there, but we're going to have a lot of fun. It sounds awesome. Well, um, thank you for coming on the pod today. It's been it's been great to hear about your incredible career. Um, you're a huge inspiration to many, so I'm sure our listeners are going to love hearing your story. But good luck with everything you have coming up, and thanks again for coming on. Thanks. Thanks so much, guys, and, and thanks for all the work you're doing as well. You're doing a, a really awesome job. So I'll see you at the track. Very, very, very soon. I'll see you at the track tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wait, Speed Series this weekend. Speed Series. How exciting. Yeah. Make sure you tune in on Stan Live, Sport. Live, ad-free, 
on Stan Sport. You look, guy, you're better at me than it. Look at her go. <laughs> Take my job. <laughs> Dude, I love her, like, so much. I, I just love her. And I have to see her tomorrow at Speed Series, so it could be weird, but it's fine. She She totally knows I love her. I was definitely internally fangirling the entire time. So was I. I was like, oh my God, we're potting with Molly Taylor. She is actually just one of the coolest chicks. You know, we had a we had a little bit of criticism. We had a bit of criticism about the podcast based on the fact that we're too fangirly. Really? Who said that? I'm not gonna name and chain them. We are li- we are we are fangirls of motorsport. Of girls in motorsport. Like who why else would we run a podcast? Like if you're not down for that, then I mean, if you don't listening. love it, then what's I mean, the point? If you're not fangirling, exactly. then what is the point? We just admire these women who have come before us and done sick stuff, you know? These women are the muse for us. Like, They've laid the why, path. That's why we are the way we are. But who said that? <laughs> <laughs> not important. Okay, you're right. I'm going to continue to be fangirl AF because that's just who I am. Yeah, I love it. And... I, and I love I think it. The biggest thing is, like, everyone else who's listening to this is also a fan of motorsport. Exactly. But this is the thing it gets us excited. It makes it us excited. It gives us a reason to, like, keep doing it. I this. kept looking at the clock today. I was like, when do we get to go with Molly? When do I get to go? And Me too. With all Molly? day. All day. I'm like, holy shit. I get to talk to Molly Taylor at the end of the day. So like, sick. what is this life? So okay. sick. If, yeah, they if they were in our shoes, they would get it. Exactly. You know? That's exactly. It. But that's it. Um, Priya, what's on for your week? This week, I have been running around doing some shoots uh, for Porsche Carrera Cup. All right. Little flex. Unfortunately, not in Sydney for the Speed Series uh, like Tanea, but that is okay. We're still um, editing videos for the rest of the week. I'm on location for a couple shoots tomorrow. Motorsport-wise and being present at a racetrack, it's... uh, actually getting a little bit of a break yeah I, I had I had the I'm on this is my third and third weekend in a row but final weekend before two weeks off so I had uh 12 uh yeah had 12 hour Winton and now we're here in Sydney for the speed series which you can catch live and ad free on Stan Sport oh, we love we love our friends look at, Stan, at go. but we love our friends at Stan they're great they're great people and um yeah so I'm actually Although I'm super excited for this weekend, I'm also keen for oh, Indy 500 on Monday morning. Are you going to oh, get shit, up and yeah. watch it? Yeah. Yep. My boss is actually there. Um, <laughs> all right, Crompo. Yeah, totally, totally not mad at all that Crompo didn't take me with him. But yeah, here's what it is. I'm going to get up and watch it. Flight from Sydney gets back in at 10.30 and then I'm going to go to sleep for like an hour or two and then get up and watch the race start. Also, which starts on Stan Sport. At 1am, I think their broadcast starts. So I think the race starts at 2.30, 2.45am, something like that. and goes through till 6am in the morning. So if you're a keen motorsport fan like us, you better be there watching the Indy 500 to see if our boy Scotty McLaughlin can come from 26th to win it. Scotty! Yeah, and also, because of the time warp of podcasting, by the time you listen to this podcast, we will know who has won. So we're living in the past right now, but hopefully it's Scott McLaughlin because... You know, that would be great. Anyone named Scott, really, if they're up there, then that's Scott good. or Will. I'm cool with that. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, but no, thank you all for listening. Uh, we have a bit of an exciting lineup of guests and uh, episodes coming up. In the next few weeks, we'll have a, 
uh, fun vodcast. Uh, first time Tanea and I are actually going to be on camera. Let's vod it up, boys. I was saying to Tanea the other day, we're going to have to dress up all pretty. And she went, yikes. Tanea doesn't do pretty. <laughs> it's No. That's okay though. That's okay. You don't you don't need to pretty up. You're beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, Mum. I'm trying really hard to be nice to you. Oh my god. Wow, it's difficult. <laughs> it is difficult. That was that was I don't know what came over me anyway. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we got a really fun lineup of episodes coming up and we're also gonna be doing a little QA on the Instagram, but um just send us a DM of your question and we will be sure to put it in the vodcast that's so crazy that we're going to be doing a vodcast oh my god we can't we got to edit it a lot less if it's a vodcast so you could hear some wild things yeah yeah no this could be a very interesting episode actually but basically it's just a fun episode and we're really just going to talk some shit so (laughs) sweet all right that is it that's it from us we're gonna go i mean i assume that most of you are tuned out already because molly's gone but if you're still here, we love you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. You've just listened to another Network R production. 